And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. I forgot how this works. <laughs> Where I pick the podcast and I shout my phone. Thanks, Thank Jamie. you so much. Today we're talking about episode 404. It's called Metamorphosis. Jamie, what did you think? You know what? I think I'm going to... And today we're going to be talking about the fourth episode of season four titled Metamorphosis, which apparently I did not know how to pronounce last week. So many apologies for that. But Jamie, what did you think? Okay, so I'm going to jump straight into my PSA this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's been a while since I've jumped straight into it. What do you think it's going to be this week? I know we've already had a PSA about consent. I'm sure at some point along the line, like I remember talking about it. can't remember what episode, but I'm sure we have. But so I I assume it's not going to be it again, but I am going to put it out there. If we had not already had a PSA about consent, it absolutely would have been. Yeah today's PSA Mm -hmm. and that was the only thing that I picked out of this episode I mean look I'm sure I could have picked out a lot more but that was the one that I was like oh that that's that should be the PSA consent is important no means no even if you're married no still means fucking no yeah not that at all okay (laughs) Um, this week's PSA is it's an interior design PSA and I'm just going to say a red streak on your floor is not an interior <laughs> design trend, though it would be brilliant for a children's, children's hospital. hospital. I literally wrote the same fucking thing down in my notes. I was like, <laughs> I was like, solid job hiding the body, buddy. That rug would look great in a children's hospital, though. <laughs> 10 out of 10 PSA. Loved it. <laughs> okay, cool. So PSA aside, what else yeah. did you like or not like about the episode? After last week, it's a very meh episode. Like, not going to lie. Okay. I thought... Last week was a lot of fun. Yeah. Very different, very different vibe. Very, mm-hmm. And then this is just like going straight back to season one. It like I understand that. I think mm. that this is one of those things where they're like, okay, we just had like an insane episode where we gave so much information and it was like yeah. super sort of left of field and stuff. We're going to scale it back a bit now and just like have a bit of a lull before we info dump again in a couple of episodes kind of thing. <sighs> I don't, I don't love it, though. Like, I, I would prefer them just info more at me or at least do something interesting enough that I'm not just thinking about how this is giving me nothing versus ever. Like, okay. you know what I mean? Like, it just – it feels like they can't hit any sort of balance. They're either giving us a jack shit all or fucking too much in one go. Like, yeah. And – The metronome. The metronome meme. And the other issue I have with that is they don't ever seem to strike a balance with tone either. Mm. So it's like we went from a very, like – fun tone last mm. week to like wow a very intense one they're arguing again like wow yeah although to be fair putting aside like yes obviously like the pacing is a little bit like yeah. it's it's been a massive pacing shift yeah across this episode and last mm. and especially the fact that they had the to be continued at the end of last episode <laughs> you would think that they would have kept up with a similar yeah. not obviously the same premise because that they no, finished that but a similar tone vibe hell even just a similar pacing in terms of the information you're getting because yeah. like last week i predicted i was like oh well they're, they're surely they're gonna actually do something with like the sam stuff and like you think yeah, you they, find, you think you'd have more of like cast in this episode or yeah, something yeah like and even beyond like i was thinking oh we're actually going to get some information about like what sam can actually do mm-hmm. what the limitations of his powers are and what the cost of using his powers is we get none of that. We get the same information that we've already got about Sam and his powers, which is that he can exercise demons with his mind. Mm-hmm. But we don't actually get anything new. We don't get any information as an audience. So it it just, for me, it felt very much like they'd set up, up as a to-be-continued, yeah. and then they didn't continue any of the shit they said they were going to continue. It's like a setup without a payoff. 
that's probably the best way I can think of framing it. Okay. I would argue that they did give us a lot of information, just not necessarily plot-specific. Mm. This was very much a Sam episode, mm-hmm. and it's about how Sam is emotionally and mm-hmm. how his character is doing. Sort of separate, like, not entirely, obviously, but separate to the plot. Mm. So, like, obviously there's, like, a lot of moving cogs and stuff that we know about because of last episode. Yeah. But Sam is not looking at that broader picture. Sam is looking at the internal cogs. And I think that's part of why this episode feels so different from last is because last episode was huge, overarching, big machine, top view cogs. And this is like very specifically to in Sam's brain and body cogs. And so that shift in like perspective of looking from the big picture to the like the map, like macro to micro essentially so before we were looking around the whole lab now we're looking through the microscope and that perspective shift i think along with it naturally comes shifts in tone shifts in pacing Mm. but i completely understand what you're where you're coming from because it is quite a dramatic shift and you do kind of expect coming out of it to be continued that you're not going to have that kind of dramatic shift you expect it to continue Mm. with the sort of established well they were saying it was going to be continued and like to be to be fair, I think that yeah, my sort of perception of this episode is actually decently coloured by what we just come off of. Yeah. And the fact they said it was to be continued. They gave us a setup last week, mm-hmm. like the where's Sam, mm-hmm. and then they cut the payoff in half by having it be basically like an average hunt with the emotional stuff on the side. I think they would have been better off not doing the hunt on the side and just have it be Cass not know where Sam is, and then so Dean's trying have to, have to find, find Sam, Sam. Yeah. and then have the emotional payoff in the second half of the episode rather than skipping that step and shoving it all at the front yeah, like, and give Dean a moment to have to process what basically Heaven and the Angels are asking him to do and to actually come in and have the second half of the episode be examining what Sam can actually do mm-hmm. and what impact that's actually happening and why they look at it, why they're saying this is like a slippery slope. And I understand they did it with the hunt so they could parallel Sam to and the Ruguri. Yeah. But I think it's also very fascinating that they decided to parallel Sam to the Ruguri, which is as soon as they taste human flesh, it's gone. It's done. Yeah. Which, I'm sorry, but if the Ruguri's thing is like tasting human flesh yeah. and eating humans, yeah. then surely Sam's thing is actively developing his powers yeah or maybe my demon blood theory is going to come in <laughs> and it's like tasting demon blood or, or Sam's just going to take a big chomp out of ruby yeah. like <laughs> yeah so obviously like the parallel between sam and the ruby and yeah. i think like that is the point of this episode and maybe we should yeah while we're on it let's talk about it one thing that i thought was really interesting was that like the parallel between the two it's not a fucking leap like it's pretty it's damn not subtle. obvious it's so unsubtle that dean calls yeah. it fucking out exactly which is what i was gonna say i appreciate that because it was so unsubtle <laughs> they had dean like actually be like well you know you can see the similarities and i was like yes yeah, so, uh, like in just in case the audience hasn't already got there themselves <laughs> just in case let me spoon feed it to you and so it feels like both a weird decision, but I'm also kind of glad they did it. Because I feel like if they went through that whole episode and did not acknowledge the absolutely brutally obvious parallels, it would have been like, okay, like, that's, it's think, too much. Like, yeah, it does kind of feel like feel like spoon-feeding your audience. But also, I think it also 
it acknowledges the fact these characters aren't fucking stupid. And yes. I do enjoy that. I, yeah. I like the fact that they did decide to call it out and they decided to have Dean call it out mm-hmm. because, of course, Sam's not going to call out his own parallels. Like, yeah. It makes Dean feel like more like an active part of part this plot. Of this plot mm-hmm. Because otherwise it's very much sort of like, oh, well, it just feels like something you're doing for the audience. Yeah. And to acknowledge that it's something that, like, oh, no, like, Dean at is- least vaguely self-aware enough to acknowledge it it's also interesting as well because like as an audience we are watching sam go through this stuff and up to this point we Mm. already knew that sam was working with ruby on these powers and things it's interesting because it reminds you that dean is also an audience member in this plot yeah well considering until last week he didn't even know about the fucking demon blood yeah well exactly which and then he brings that up like oh he's talking and he's telling sam everything and then sam fucks up yeah and is like you know just a bleed in my mouth and dean's like doing the mental fucking math you know that meme of that lady who's just like looking at the triangles and shit like literally dean being like i didn't fucking mention that how did you know about that and then Sam having to admit that he's known that for a year. At this point. Like, because he found that out at the end of season two. And, like, I forgot how long mm-hmm. it had been. So I'm glad that they mentioned it. Yeah. Because what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, at no point did he think that was important to bring up. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, like, obviously we knew about it. And sometimes I forget well, it's what the different characters do and don't know. Because it's, it's yeah, definitely it one over, over year. Because the deal still. was one year long and he... Made the deal. He, he found out the information before Dean made the deal. Yeah. And then, and then Dean, Dean was, was dead, dead for like four months. months. Yeah. So it's like, it has to be almost a full year and a half. Yeah. Just like, like two months under a year and a half. And okay, four months of that, he understandably couldn't tell Dean. But he but still he, knew. He still knew. And it's. Yeah. And um, do we want to count the six months of Mystery Spot as well? <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't at any point. And all the Tuesdays? Yeah. Like. Yeah, so he's known this information for probably, all added up, probably at least three years. Yeah. Really. And just didn't think that was worth mentioning at any given point. Yeah. And like, okay, when while we're acknowledging that there are things they don't tell each other, I think it's also important to acknowledge that the demon blood thing that Sam didn't tell Dean mm-hmm. is something that's actually fucking important. Yeah. But the thing that Dean's not telling Sam is like he's having nightmares because he yeah. remembers how. Like not actually that important. It's important in the sense that, like, he should be sharing that so that he's not suffering with it alone. But it's not like this could be life or death important. Yes. Yeah, exactly. The jonification of Sam Winchester. The jonification of Sam Winchester. And because Dean didn't tell Sam about the demon blood, Sam was like, mentioned the demon blood, and then Dean was like, how do you know about that? So then I guess the question for me is, would Dean have told Sam? Probably. I I would argue that he would at some point have told Sam, like... It's probably just the detail that he didn't mention because there's so much other fucking mm. information. They're talking about their parents. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, here's the thing. Dean could have just, like, not said jack shit to him about... Any of it. Any of it. Like, he could, have, he... he could have not told him about John and Mary. He yeah. could have not told him about Azazel and the deal. And actually, I am glad that as pissed as he is, mm. and, like, pissed to the point where he, like, full-on punched Sam twice in the face, giving him, like, the silent treatment and stuff. Mm. But... The fact that he was like, okay, I'm so pissed and, like, I'm so angry with you and I feel so betrayed by you Mm -hmm. right now, but I am still going to tell you about our mum and how fucking cool she was and how, like, full of hope she was and, like, dad and, like, the fact that he was like, I'm still going to share this information with you, knowing that Sam has been fully keeping so much from him for so long. Mm -hmm. Like, I appreciate that they, they had that. They still had that discussion and that wasn't something that was kept from Sam in turn because one of the most important things for them both right now 
is to like recognize that keeping information from each other is not a good thing mm. especially with now that they're both more aware of like all the cogs turning like the last thing that they need is to not be communicating effectively with each other it's not even that sam kept information from dean it's like he outwardly lied to him like yeah. dean asked like who was that chick yeah. you know what happened to ruby and sam was like oh you know just some hookup or like oh yeah. i don't know i haven't heard from ruby yeah and like there are outward lies yeah. like it's not like lying by omission mm-hmm. it's like just straight up lying to his face i would argue personally is different yeah you know? i think also the other thing is if he had just told dean straight up dean wouldn't really have too much of a leg to stand on you know what i mean mm-hmm. like if he just told Dean straight up, like, when, when Dean come back from the dead, oh, hey, look, I've been working with Ruby, like, I'm trying to help people, like... Yeah. Like, I'm, give me a minute to explain to you the, like, situation and the circumstance. Like, I'm saving people. Like, because he makes the great point. Yeah. When he does this, the victim usually lives. And it's a hell of a lot more effective way... Of dealing with of demon infestation yeah. than using the knife. Because Dean's thing is, like, well, just use the knife. And Sam's like, yeah, but then the victim dies. Like, in this way... I get to save people. And this episode actually is a phenomenal sort of microcosm of Sam's morality complex. And sorry, I completely interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, no, I wasn't going to say anything. You you were in the middle of making a monologue and I was just (laughs) making agreement noises. Um, What can I say? I'm an active listener. (laughs) Yeah, even like at the very start of the episode when Sam's interrogating the demons with Ruby and Dean's like sneaky watching from the background, the demon goes on this like really targeted like kind of monologue and he's like tell me hero what you and this like demon do in the dark or whatever and like really poking at sam's moral complex by being like you keep calling yourself a hero or you like to think of yourself as a hero but like what you're doing is not it's not what the good guy does it's what the evil dude does but you keep telling yourself you're a hero you're telling yourself you're doing it for the right reasons but are you kind of thing and like that's kind of this whole yeah, this whole journey with Sam. And we've talked about it a lot, really. We've talked so much about, like, how he has this need to prove that he is good by saving other people. And through saving other people, he figuratively saves himself. And even in this episode, he's very explicit about it. He talks about the fact, he's like, I have demon blood in me. That's something that I can never scrub out. We get a recurrence of freak. Yes, I did make a note, weaponized freak. And he says it twice, even. Mm-hmm. He he says oh, freak in the bit where Dean's calling out the parallels. Yeah. Basically, he says, this is why I didn't tell you. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, because you speak to me like this, like I'm a yeah. freak. And then he goes on and he says, I'm a whole new level of freak. It's the specificity of the word freak for me. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I did want to ask you the start of the episode. So Sam and Dean obviously have opposing views mm-hmm. about whether or not Sam should be going down this this road with his powers. First of all, did you have any particular, like, thoughts or opinions on that? I'm not sure what you were asking me to comment okay. on. So, like, so, no, 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 because there's, like, I three different parts of that question that you could be asking me to elaborate on, and I don't know which one you're specifically okay. asking me about. Let me elaborate then. So, essentially, Dean is obviously of the position mm-hmm. that, like, he doesn't think that Sam should be going down this path playing with these powers because he thinks it will be a slippery slope, as he says. Sam, obviously, is taking the stance of, well, I have this curse... I would like to look at it as more of a gift and use it to help save people. And I am effectively doing that. Then Dean makes this really interesting point and not interesting in the sense of like the point itself, but interesting in the context of Dean as a character where he says, the angels have told me to stop you. That means God doesn't want you doing this. And I was like, fascinating that Dean is so suddenly willing to believe in angels and God 
if it means that he's right and Sam's wrong. I mean, that, that's just sibling <laughs> dynamics, isn't I, it? Literally, I'm like, because this is the first time where Dean has actually spoken about anything in that sort of, like, genre. And without also giving like, any sort of indication it. that he actually believes Cass is an angel. Yeah, exactly. And that makes me question, like, maybe one of the reasons why he's actually started to think of Cass as an angel is because he got the confirmation from Azazel previous episode. Which you, yeah, touched on then. We discussed at length last episode. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's interesting to see that, like, that conversation, it obviously did have some sort of impact. Yeah. It did maybe not completely change his mind, but it did at least give him enough of a confirmation that he's now willing to say, the, yeah, this some dude's a fucking of, angel. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like that shift has happened where he's gone yeah. from saying, I'm not going to believe that this thing is an angel just because it says so, to being like, an angel has literally told me to stop you. Yeah. And that's in the span of one episode. And, and also, to be fair, he has used, an angel has literally told me to stop you, to weaponize against Sam. Yeah. And like an I'm right, you're wrong sort of sibling way. And it's, it's also like the when Dean says that you get the cut to Sam's face and he just like his head like snaps up and he's like what because remembering that Sam this whole time has had such strong faith yeah. and like this idea that angels are good and that like he likes this idea of there being a higher power higher power exactly something to believe in something to aspire to something that's made decisions for you so that it's not all just random chaos yeah. that's led you to being and there a half is demon freak. And the the concept of being able to be saved. Yeah. Right? I think that it's an interesting thought experiment to think of it as rather than Dean necessarily changing his whole worldview in the space of that episode in regards to like whether or not angels and God and that are real. But wondering if maybe he knows that saying that to Sam might be the thing to get through to him because he knows how Sam feels about mm. angels and God and that whole sort of scenario. Yeah. I think you could read it either way. I think you could see it as Dean has, like, sort of accepted that this is the situation. But I think you could also see it as Dean is weaponizing this because he knows that Sam will react to it. I think it's both. Yeah. Honestly, I think... There are definitely elements of both, I I think. Personally, for me, the way I read that scene was Dean's not fully 100% on board that Cass is an angel, but he's now got some proof that he could be an angel. Yeah. And so now that he's got even, like, a shred of proof, he's more willing to weaponize the, you know, heavenliness of it all. Like, yeah, he, exactly. he's more willing to be like, oh, yeah, Cass is an angel for his own purposes now that he's got any sort of evidence that Cass is an angel yeah. and not just a misguided spirit who's decided to murder people. Like, yeah, hashtag Cass of the Holy. Yeah, exactly. Before we move on from this scene, though, um, I did want to ask, and I suppose I didn't really let you answer my question initially look you had three questions in one uh i just started talking and i didn't stop yeah what happened my i'm so sorry my point or rather my question was like in this argument where yeah. dean is saying look you shouldn't be going down this as a slippery slope the angels have said it's a bad idea and sam's status of like well i have this curse i want to do good with it i'm literally saving people like you know i in this way i get to save more people than than we normally would Which camp do you fall to? Like, if you had to pick a side in this argument, I'm just, not for any reason other than I'm just interested. I don't think I can pick a side because my issue is I don't have all the information. And, like, I don't think either of them do have all the information. Yeah, I was going to say, because this is is not me prompting a prediction at all. No. Like, this is me just genuinely asking because, like, if I had this information, like, how would I decide versus how would you decide is what I'm interested in. 
Look, I think I'm air more towards the side of Dean mm-hmm. just because we don't know all the information. So it's like, how can you say, oh, yeah, no, this is this is helping people, this is saving people, if you don't know what's actually happening? Sam knows what Ru- Ruby's telling him, mm-hmm. but Ruby's also a demon. And, like, yeah. I understand that, like, of the demons, she's not actively hostile towards them. She's like the Casper the Friendly Ghost of demons. <laughs> she, she, like, they would be dead by now if she wanted them dead. Like, yeah. let's face it, Ruby has saved their lives too many times to count at this point. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, even if some of her motives aren't self-serving, I don't think all of her motives aren't self-serving, if that makes sense. Like, I yeah. don't think she's doing this out of the goodness of her heart. No. Okay. Like, that might be an inkling. It might be, like, a little bit of, like, a morality thing for her of, like... Her whole, like, I remember what it was like to be human. Human thing. Yeah. Like, I do think that might be some of it, but I also do think that it's not completely without ulterior motives. Okay. So I, I definitely do uh, more probably on the side of Dean because we don't understand what the... Because here's the thing. Every show that's got some sort of magic or mm-hmm. some sort of, like... Because this is great. Like, the fact... Like, being able to, like, exercise demons with your mind. Yeah. Fan-fucking-tastic. Mm-hmm. Super-duper helpful. Mm-hmm. Super useful. Any show that introduces something like this, there's always a caveat. There's always yeah. a catch. Like, they introduced the gun. Yeah. It had the caveat. It had the catch that there was only so many bullets. They're introducing this power. There's got to be some sort of caveat or catch... And the fact that they're getting warned against Sam going down this path, mm-hmm. for me, says that at a certain point... We're going to learn the caveat or catch. We're going to learn the caveat or catch, and they're going to learn the caveat or catch, and it's not going to be something that is unimportant. Yeah. Like, it doesn't. it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, well, he uses his powers and then he gets kind of tired. It's like, yeah. it's not going to be like the stereotypical fucking, like, just nosebleed because you overexerted your powers. Like, it's yeah, not going to be... In this episode, I think... He mentions that he's like, didn't even get a headache kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I think the catch is going to be something like him using his powers, him setting up to the plate mm-hmm. is going to lead to some sort of... Unforeseen. Unforeseen things, like whether that's like the demon blood inside him wakes up mm. and like he slowly loses control of himself. Yeah. Or like him using his powers means that he becomes a better candidate for possession. So despite mm. the anti-possession tattoos, he's still... Oh, sure. So, like, there's a chance that, like, by opening himself up to his powers, he's also opening himself up, like, to a vulnerability. Yes. Okay, yeah. And, like, the the chances that he's going to be fucking possessed by Lucifer or some shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like... Like a higher level Some demon. stereotypical yeah. fucking... Yeah. You know, leader of... Like, Satan. Like... Yeah. So, like, if Azazel was still alive yeah. and kicking, like... Yeah. As a potential. Yeah. yeah. Or like Lilith, who we've got coming yeah. up. Or, yeah. Okay, cool. And like making him more demon, so it's making him more vulnerable to other demons. Because oh. instead of having to use like a different weakness, they can exploit the demon blood and the familiarity and the power that comes inherently in matching. This is going to be a throwback. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can't remember which episode it was that we talked about this. It was some point in season two. Okay. Yeah. We talked about being possessed by Spider-Man. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love that you know exactly where I'm going with this. I do remember being... And whether, not, and whether or not is. we could be made to do a backflip. Now, what I'm wondering is... So, along this theory, mm-hmm. right, is there a possibility that, like, by Sam harnessing and, like, learning his powers... If he was ever then possessed by a demon... That demon would be able to use those powers? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think if a demon ever managed to possess him, they could use those powers. Because we discussed that and we were sort of like, I think what we ended up saying and the stance we ended up landing on Mm. was demons get all of their own 
abilities. Plus whatever the human is capable of. Plus whatever the human they're attached to is capable of. Right. So in theory, you could have Sam, leader of hell, possessed by a demon, able to just fully decimate demonic populations, so therefore preventing the possibility of like an uprising. Yes. Dude, talk about an OP like character. (laughs) Him powering up like this does mean that like, and say if Ruby possessed him. Yeah. Right? Say Ruby possesses Now Ruby has all of her own powers because she was a witch before she became a demon. True. We've established yeah. this in Malleus Maleficarum. Yeah. Oh my god, what if that's what Ruby's doing all of this for? So like instead of being Sam's right hand um, woman, she just wants to it. possess yeah. him so that she can take over his powers? Yeah. I fucking love that. I love that for her. <laughs> what a girl boss. She knows what she wants and she's going to fucking get it. Yeah. Okay. While we're kind of on and around the topic... I wanted to talk about the quote where Dean says, like, do you even know how far off the reservation you've gone? How far from normal? How far from human? And then he follows it up later with, like, if I didn't know you, I would want to hunt you. And I was like... Gordon-coded. Gordon-coded. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's really interesting because it's gone from... We saw that episode, like, Hunted, where Gordon yeah. was trying to hunt down Sam. And we were like, what the fuck? Like, Sam is, like, the purest little bean. And Dean was like, obviously, like, you can't kill my brother. He hasn't done anything. To Dean now being like... No, I get where Gordon was coming from. If I didn't literally personally know you my entire life, I would agree with him. And, like, here's the thing. Back then, I was against it. I was confused. But, yeah. like, this is exactly what I said wasn't going to happen and the reason I said that it's not worth killing you. Because I was so goddamn sure you weren't going to go down this fucking path. Yeah, Dean had so much faith in Sam. And then Sam's just gone, like, oh, Dean's dead. I find it very fucking, I don't know if funny is the correct word, but uh, maybe ironic mm. that John died, yeah. right? And Sam was like, oh, I can't do that. Dad wouldn't like it. <laughs> and then Dean died. And Sam's like, like, I'm going to do everything. <laughs> Sam's like, I'm going to do everything Dean ever wanted me to never do. Basically. That's so funny. I find it. It is funny, actually. I hadn't thought of it that way. It is um, very funny. It's that, it's we've talked about it a lot, about how, like, Dean is consistent, but the only thing that Sam is consistently is inconsistent. Yeah. Like, he has his goals, and then he just does whatever the fuck He's erratic. He's erratic. He does, like, like, maybe the wind's blowing in a different direction, so he does something, like, completely... Left of field. Left of fucking field. Yeah, like, exactly. You can never quite figure out what decision Sam is going to make until he's literally making it. You've almost got to wonder if, like, the demon blood has any impact on that. Oh, yeah, that's a hot take. Yeah. Like, if it just sort of... Maybe. The demon blood means that sometimes he's not fully in control. Mmm. Like, it impacts his decision-making. You know how we've talked before Occasionally about... the demon just grabs the wheel. You know how you had a whole point a few episodes back about, like, the demon-to-human blood ratio? Yeah. And we've talked before about, like, holy water-to-normal mm. water ratio. I wonder if there's, like, a point... But, yeah, with the ratio. And, like, maybe... Him using his powers and harnessing his powers and actively embracing his powers has mean that the demon blood gets stronger and more potent and the ratio shifts. Mm. So it's more demon blood to human. And then the more demon blood you get built up comparatively to human blood, the less in control of your actions you are, if that makes sense. So it's sort of like the more the amount of demon blood increases, A, the power increases, but also the control you have over your decisions decreases. Like, they get more and more influenced. Because it's specifically Azazel's blood, it makes me wonder if there is, like, any sort of way that 
Azazel's temperament kind of is there? Is it Azazel being, because like, let's talk about like, Azazel's like straight up doing science experiments. Yeah. Like, so is he like the mad scientist kind of vibe and he's put that into Sam where he's like, I don't know, let's just fuck around and find out. Like, you know how sometimes you, if someone has like an organ donated or something, can they take on like a a new favourite food that was like a favourite food of the person whose organ they got? Maybe it's like a similar thing where it's like, well, it's not just Sam making erratic decisions. It's actually the influence of Azazel's temperament. And that's how Azazel's going to come back to the hit CW show. (laughs) They're going to resurrect him through the power of blood transfusions? Okay. (laughs) Sam becomes Azazel. That's it. I've called it. All right. <laughs> Pack up, boys. Add that to the list. Before we move on from this, because I realise it's been a little while, there was, like, one other thing that I really wanted to touch on. Okay. First well, of if all, if you want to touch on that, because I'm assuming that's a serious point. I've got a lot of non-serious points to make. Okay, cool. My, <laughs> my, I have actually three separate points, but they're all kind of fun. So maybe we'll trade off. Okay. Okay. My first point is Sam's shirt in this whole scene is really ugly. I hate it. Okay. It's really ugly. Okay, so not serious at all. No. <laughs> okay. I-, I wanted to point out, Mm-hmm. In this scene, like, they really go super-duper far with the parallels between the Rougarou and Sam. Wait, is it when he's watching the woman he's who goes through the window? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I would like to say we finally get a woman who closed her fucking curtains before getting undressed. Yes, no, literally. I was... But not before she took off her fucking shirt. I know. I was watching it happen, and I was like, why are they making the Sam-coded character watch a woman take her shirt off through a window? Like, <laughs> Why is this something that we can track through the fucking seasons at this point? That it's just a thing that Sam and apparently Sam-coded characters do. Being a perv is Sam-coded, apparently. Beyond words, honestly. <laughs> okay, so I also love in this scene that, like, the way that Sam and Dean are arguing about the whole demon thing is, like, very much Dean can see that Sam is being sucked into a pyramid scheme mm. and Sam is, like, actively denying oh, it's like it. like that one episode of Our Flag Means Death. Yes, yes, 100%. And, like, Sam is just there, like, no, Dean, like, I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to let it get too far or whatever. And Dean is like, you have so much product in your garage. What are you talking about? This is absolutely a pyramid scheme. Am I- oh, my God, if it's a pyramid scheme, do you think Ruby gets, like, a bonus because she signed Sam? <laughs> yeah, she gets a company car for that one. <laughs> and then Dean is so angry about this that he turns around and he bashes up a lamp and it goes flying across the room and it gets smashed up. Lamps being casualties of Dean's rage in Supernatural is another one of those weird things that you wouldn't think would come up more than once. Oh, does this come into Why Lamp? No. <laughs> but now I'm sad. That's a very different situation with okay. a lamp. That's like the only time he treats a lamp with like any tenderness or affection. Every other time Dean interacts with a lamp in this series, it's literally to like throw it across a room. It's... It's such a weirdly specific thing. I think it must be because it's like a relatively light object that still has a dramatic effect if you throw it and like it's easy to replace or fix. Always with the lamps. He's always throwing them off of tables. It's really, it's weird that this keeps happening. And so I just wanted to make a note of the first lamp casualty. Okay, my turn. I think we're trading off Stelia. Uh, yes. I'm going to put a little damper on the mood. There is the line about... Fucking Ruby being the obedient bitch. Oh, yeah, I also oh, hated that. Fucking big yikes. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, definitely big yikes for that one. Moreover, on that point, that entire scene, surely, sure, okay, here's the thing. Sam's been, like, exercising these demons with his mind for a while now, right? Yeah, like, he says, four months. I think he says to Ruby, um, I've saved more people over the last five months than I usually do in a year. So, yeah. yeah. 
Alright, so he's been he's been doing this to demons for five months. Mm-hmm. And the demon seems like unaware yeah, that I, he can do this with his mind. I also like, thought that was weird. I'm sorry, but so you're a demon, you're a member of the demon community, yes. right? This dude that you've known about for a while, meant mm-hmm. to be leader of hell. Yes, that like he's kind of like a, a B-list celebrity, probably. Yeah. Honestly, maybe getting on for A-list at this point. He's he's like an infamous celebrity. Not famous for a lot, but everyone's fucking heard of him. Yeah. He started exercising demons with his mind for five months. You think that's going to hit the tabloids? You think that's going to hit the tabloids? <laughs> you think they're going to have, like, I don't know, a fucking radio station or a newsletter or some fucking shit like that? Yeah. Like an email blast that goes out yeah. <laughs> monthly or whatever. You think like, surely, demon Twitter. at some point, these demons have talked... Like, because we've established in the past... That demons love to fucking gossip. Yeah, because we've talked about this. We've talked about everyone knowing about Dean's deal. We've talked yeah. about them knowing about Jess. Like, they clearly like to chat. And you're telling me this demon had no fucking idea that Sam can exercise demons with his mind. Well, maybe he does and he was just like, I'm not getting out of this alive. I'm just going to have fun while I'm here. Like, I guess that's like the literally only other way that you can Because that's the it. other question. Does he just like exercise him and send him back to hell? Or does he actually kill the demons when he's... I think he says to Dean that he can send them back to hell. I, I don't think he can kill them. Okay. I don't think, or at least if he can, I don't think they've specified that. Yeah. I think at this point he's he's just said, I can send them back to hell. And that's definitely the imagery that they've gone so, through with the burning through the... At this point, it's implied that he's just sending them to hell. He could be actually killing them. Because if they're... Here's the thing. If he's actually killing them, it would make sense. Because all of the demons no who know are... Dead. Dead. But if he's just fucking sending them back to hell. To the gossip pit. To the gossip pit. <laughs> like, I, I also, I think it's really interesting whether he is actually killing these demons or just sending them back to hell. Because I think that would also change, like, the impact of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. I don't know, interesting. I think it's interesting too. I do want to very quickly talk about, because there's actually, in this episode... We've talked about a couple of things that are, like, reoccurring, right, across the series. There's actually a couple of other things that, like, are weirdly recurring in the series, and I just want to, like, touch on those as well. So, eating raw red meat with explicit gusto. Weird that it happens more than once. It happens twice in this episode alone. Yeah, but weird that it happens on a completely separate occasion for a completely different reason. I forgot that this happened. Like, I I knew that this happened in the episode I'm thinking of, but I, like, watched it happen in this episode, and I was like, it is so weird that this is, like, a also, recurring I'm not gonna thing. lie. I hate the shots of the dude eating. They yeah, made me, me so uncomfortable. I was like... The chewing at the first scene when he's, like, introduced, and it's, like, right on his mouth. Hated it. I hated those shots. Like, they just made me very uncomfortable. And not necessarily... I guess that's the point, but yeah. also... The other one that I really wanted to talk to you about was Travis, who Travis is a new hunter who gets introduced. Mm. They kind of act like we should have known about him, but we don't. Anyway, he's introduced in this episode. He later dies in this episode. He is talking about Rougarous to Sam Dean. And actually, first of all, this is another recurring thing. Again, they're like, Rougarous, that sounds made up. And I'm like, bro, why do you never believe in anything that John didn't explicitly tell you? See, I didn't read it like that. I think they made a distinction between... They're not saying that Rougarous aren't real. They're mm. saying that the name sounds like it's fucking made up. Yeah. Like, I, and I think that's an important distinction to make. And it's very interesting that the one episode where they're like, oh, yeah, that could be a thing, is the one where it's another hunter introducing it to them. Yeah. that's Actually, that's a good point. The next thing that he asks them about, he says to them when he's talking to them about the Rougarous, he says, 
have you ever been hungry? Like, haven't eaten in days. Hungry. Dina Grace. Immediately is like, oh, yeah. Sam, not a word. And I think that's fucking interesting. Given, like, the previous conversations we've had about Dean and food security and Sam and food security. And especially um, Something Wicked is yes. one that really, really comes to my brain. Something and Wicked and um, Hollywood Babylon. Yes. Yeah. Just And False and Prison Blues. And False... Yeah, like, this is just another one of those things where it's like, I don't think they necessarily intended to establish this with this character, but they absolutely have. Yeah. And it's this... It, I know we've talked about it before, so I'll be very brief, but essentially, like, this forwarding this idea that... They both probably went hungry, but to very different extents, because Dean would have given up his last meals to make sure that Sam didn't go without. Yeah. And so, like, even in this episode, the way that the line is delivered by Jensen kind of feels kind of a bit jovial, like, almost like it's supposed to be a joke. Yeah. But the actual implication of it, especially because Sam doesn't say anything, yeah. is, like, Dean definitely knows what it's like to be hungry like that. Sam doesn't. Sam probably went hungry, but it's also, like, I mean, we saw it. In the flashback scenes in Something Wicked, despite the fact that Sam had food, Sam decided he didn't want that food anymore. Despite the fact that he'd had the rest of the box of the cereal, Mm -hmm. Dean had left one bowl for himself. Dean gave him the cereal despite the fact he already had food. Yeah, exactly. The the amount that Dean is willing to sacrifice for Sam, and actually there's a particular episode in season five that I am dying for us to get to because it really gives us some, some backstory on what a different experience and how they both remember their childhoods differently yeah the way that dean remembers his childhood and the things that stood out for him versus what sam remembers oh so like an episode along the lines of like a very supernatural christmas or it's like they look at the the different perspectives yes and no like yes in a very different context but that's kind of irrelevant i just wanted to point out the food security continuation yeah yeah oh sam introduced us to a new psychic ability this episode the ability to stop cars. I love this idea that he has like psychic ABS braking. Like literally, he's like, Dean, stop this car or I'm going to stop this car. And I was like, fucking how, Sam? How? With your mind? With your demon blood powers? What gets me is he doesn't even actually wait for the car to be stopped before he gets <laughs> he out. He gets out. Oh, and actually, before we get too far off the interesting recurrence of this episode, this whole ep is kind of like an unintentional weird sort of foreshadowing for like the beginning of season 13. Like I was watching it and I was like, Oh, this is like, you can definitely take this as like pretty explicit foreshadowing. If you thought about it in that sense, like I know because they had no idea they were going to get past season five at this point, let alone a season 13. And so I was looking at it like, wow, you could really take a lot from this episode and immediately apply it to the beginning of season 13. So that'll be fun when we get there in like five years. I kind of, look, I'm curious about how the the Monster of the Week works. I mean, I I think I know how it works, but I just want to be certain because it's like, it seems weirdly coincidental that, like, they've got, like, dormant genes. Yeah. Right. And they both, like, him and his father both become Rougarous while the wife is pregnant. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's something to do with becoming a father that wakes up, like, the dormant Rougarou genes. I don't know if it is, or if it's just an insane coinkydink. Like, plot, 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 yeah. convenience, 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 you know? Like, I think that it might just be a case of that, because, I mean, it could. It definitely could be, like, a supernatural I'm just, parental element. When does it... Like, get triggered? Yeah. I would assume by age. Mm. So it would then make sense because, like, at that point, like, a lot social of clock having, theory, yeah. a lot of people tend to have kids at around that age. Or if they haven't already, they start to think about having kids at that sort of 30-year mark. Yeah. Social clock theory. Fascinating. So, yeah, no, I think that, like, it's probably just 
the fact that it's like a similar age that they would be thinking about having kids and having kids because purely because I don't understand how it could work the other way but then again it's like yeah. supernatural and magic so like you yeah. absolutely could be correct it could be to do with conception somehow um it could even help it could even just be literally like you know when you become pregnant you start exuding different, different hormones. hormones and so like it's the change in hormones yeah that switch it like, maybe maybe I do want to point out actually Michelle in this episode Jack's mm-hmm. wife she is a literal fucking saint yeah She's like Jess levels of sainthood. Literally. Which adds to the parallels, eh? Like, <laughs> yeah. Except for interesting enough. Okay, like let's go back to the parallels we're drawing here. Oh, yeah. This whole episode is about parallels, so I, I feel like we're going to talk about them just eternally. Jess dies, whereas Jess's counterpart lives. Michelle lives. Yeah. yeah. And whereas Sam lives, but Sam's counterpart dies. Can we very quickly, because you just made my brain go somewhere. The difference is... That Michelle learned about who Jack was and the reality of the situation. And she left. Whereas Jess never knew about Sam and the truth of his situation and stayed. And then was murdered. And then by in doing so, oh, fuck, man, they were going to burn her alive. That was the plot of this episode. Bro, they were literally going to burn them alive. And, and Jack, he that's... literally gets burnt alive. But not on the ceiling. My mind... On the floor. Dude. <laughs> what the fuck? How have I never made that connection before? I don't even know how to come back from that. Yeah, because like, they were going to literally burn her alive. Although I do have a question about that. Which is like, surely they could have just killed them in like a normal, humane way. And I realise what an insane sentence that is. Please don't come for me. But like... Surely they could have just, like, shot them or made them unconscious in some way. Chopped off and, their heads and then burned the and bodies. And then burned the bodies. Like, I don't know why they have to be alive while they're burning. Like, unless it's some sort of, like, weird ritualistic thing to kill the Ruguru. But, like, surely, surely they could kill them quickly and cleanly and then just burn the remains. I don't know why you would have to make them suffer through the trauma of burning alive. I don't understand why he didn't kill the wife. Like, yeah. straight up. I don't know. Like, like when why he, found, he kept her there. Yeah. Like, because he planned on killing, killing her, her anyway. anyway. As soon as he found out that she was pregnant. I guess he was planning on burning them both. Together? To, like, but in, why not like least... in one fire. Like, he wanted to set the house on fire to, to cover his tracks. So I guess he had to wait for both of them to be in the house. Because otherwise he would have had to start burning the house. And then, I mean, I guess then if he... If, if Jack knew off... that his wife was in there, then he probably would have run into the burning building anyway. I don't understand why he didn't just kill the wife, like snap her neck or something. Yeah. Set the body to the side because she's not the Ruger. Like that would that would kill no. her. Yeah. And then as long as you burnt the corpse, it yeah. would burn the baby inside. And the baby would die without the and mother. And the baby anyway. would bi- die without the mother anyway. And then like Jack runs in because he sees the body. Mm-hmm. And then you lock all the doors and light the building. I mean, honestly, we why know, does like, he do this whole like fucking serial killer tying them up thing? We know why. We, they do it for like the drama. They do it because it's more interesting television. But like, yeah, when you think about it logically for like a second, you're like, bro, this was a terrible plan. Like, this is a terrible fucking plan. He and clearly like, went to the John Winchester School for hunting. Like, <laughs> and literally, like, even Sam is like this fucking dumbass. Like, why did he go alone? Why did he not wait for backup? You know. Because I, he knew that Dean and Sam wouldn't support him because there was a chance that if they could have avoided him feeding, who knows how long it would have taken, but it probably would have passed. Mm. Like, based on the like the rumours and the stories they'd heard, 
it probably would have passed and he would have been mm. he would have never fully turned and like the thing is he we have evidence he was resisting it mm-hmm. he was managing to resist it the fact that he was home at all is because he managed to resist it yeah and the fact that he only ended up killing him to protect himself and his wife yeah it was a life or death scenario and the fact that he snapped to protect his wife is what makes me think maybe it's something triggered by fatherhood Mm. and it's about protecting the genes and the the lineage yeah and like the other thing is Sam and like this comes back to like why they Travis didn't tell them because Sam has obviously taken the stance of defending Jack, which makes sense because that Jack, Jack is, is the Sam at this point, and Jack is the Sam coded character. Like yeah. that's the point of this episode, and so I love that like Law Boy at Stanford makes a comeback where he's like, I did some research, and he's come back with the facts. But also, like this dude is low key like offended, like oh you think you know better than me? It's like. It's like just, I'm sorry, dude. Did you have time to go through and do an entire history course with these fuckers about Rougarous? Like, mm, yeah. Of course, they're doing their own fucking. Why wouldn't they do their own goddamn research? Exactly. You should encourage them to be looking at external sources and so not just taking be, your word for it. So they can be better prepared to face this thing. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, like what if his information was outdated? Like, what if he's like, I've been doing this for so long, I know it like the back of my hand. It's like, do you know what? Shit gets updated, my dude. But also, you know this like the back of your hand. Did you tell them everything that you know, like the back of your hand? Clearly not, because Sam was like, well, this is new information that you don't know. And he was like, yes, I do. And he's like, well, you didn't fucking tell us. If you told them, oh, look, there are stories, but like none of them have been corroborated. Mm-hmm. There is no evidence that they actually work. There are like the theory that if you kill the the werewolf that turned them, the... Yeah, it's like, like a bullshit theory. It's a bullshit thing. theory. Yeah. They probably would have believed him and... This shit wouldn't have fucking happened. No, but I just love that, like, we had that little bit of Sam being, like, coming through with the research. And then Dean has to defend him, like, oh, he just loves to research. It's like, no. He just wants to make sure that he knows what he needs to know to be actually able to do his job effectively. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, the theme, this is another recurring thing, but, like, the theme of Sam, like, being able to put himself in the perspective of the, like, quote-unquote monster of the week and, like, defending that person and saying... Just because you are not human Just does because they have the mean... potential to be a monster doesn't mean they are a monster. Yeah, which is what we talked a lot about with uh, vampires, mm. you know, and sort of the morality there. And, yeah, so much of Sam's perspective is sort of shifted by the knowledge that he has this demon blood in him and so much shifted by, like, his own perception of himself. He's like, well, I have these supernatural abilities and I'm not worth, like, you know, Murdering I'm not a monster, blood. I'm a good person, I do these good things, and, you know, he wants to believe this in himself, and, and it's true. He is, you know, generally speaking, a good person who does good things and has good intent. Sam, yeah, he takes this position of being like, okay, they have this thing that is inherent about them that they can do nothing to change, but then he makes the point at the very end of the episode where he's, like, trying to talk the Ruguru into, like, chilling the fuck out, and he says, like, it doesn't matter what you are. It matters what you do. Like, it's your choice what you do. And, like, that's it. That's the key that he's so focused on. He's like, you can be whoever or whatever you are born as. That's irrelevant. It's what you choose to do. Shifters of fine. It's when they go on a murder spree that's the issue. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like we talked about when Gordon was turned in Fresh Blood. Yeah, I think so, Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked about when he when was, he was turned, turned. And he immediately was like, well, I'm a monster now. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And it's like, no, we know that's not the case. We know that you still have choice over what you choose to do. We have seen met it before. 
we have met the exact same type of monster as you and they've had control over what they did. Yeah, and as we go through the series, we do definitely come across instances of, like, characters who are fully monstrous and characters who are, like, I know what I am, but I also have choice in my actions and I choose not to give in to that, you know, particular urge. Or I choose not, I choose to find alternatives to my natural diet kind of thing. So this is another thing that sort of travels through, but I do think that's really, really important for Sam. And it's so important regarding like his character just in general and how he feels about himself and about everyone around him, really. I do have one scene really in particular that I want to talk about. It's not serious at all. Mm -hmm. Sam picks the lock. With a coat hanger? With a coat hanger. A single piece of wire. That's not how lock picking works. Bro, I don't know enough about crime. You're going to have to take the wheel on this one. I don't know if you'd be able to get... Because typically you need a decent amount of force for those sort of locks to, like, get them to unlock. I mean, I guess it's not, like, a typical pin lock. So normally you've got a couple of different types of locks. As you Locksmith, Jamie. Unlocked. All right. (laughs) Unlocked. (laughs) There There are a couple of different types of locks. So the most general type that you see are, like, pin locks. Okay. And they're sort of like... Like, the lock you've got on your front door is a pin lock. Basically, the the thing is you've got a barrel, it's got pins, and you've got to line all the pins up at the correct height so that the barrel can spin and the door can unlock. Yeah. I don't know too much about the type of, like, lock he's trying to pick. Yeah, which is specify it for us in the episode. <laughs> which is the older style with, like, the heavier key. It's yeah. like a traditional sort of lock. I'm not sure too much about the mechanics of being able to pick that sort of lock, but I didn't think you could do it. Like, I thought you still needed, like, to be able to but- hold them in place a bit more finesse a bit more finesse but he's just sort of like wiggling it in there and then it's open it's like <laughs> plot 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 convenience 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 you are watching supernatural <laughs> i think is the answer to that i had a question about the same scene okay yeah my question is why do you go to the effort of locking sam in a cupboard because dean is just <laughs> unconscious on the table i don't know why sam has been locked up and dean is just there probably because he likes sam more so he didn't want to eat sam Whereas but Dean he... was kind of a dick to him. <laughs> so I love, so like, it's his way of like protecting Sam. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Because it... like Sam was fully unconscious. There is, this is another instance of Sam definitely has a concussion. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no way he doesn't. Because his head got bashed in. I do very quickly want to touch on it as well. Dean, like, actually admitting, like, verbally that he's scared of Sam's abilities, I think is important. Because we've already had, like, the whole, like, we've talked a lot before about Sam really taking the word freak and just running with it. Like, we've had that. But now we've actually got, like, explicit confirmation where Dean's like, no, no, like, your abilities, like, scare me. Like, I don't, they're so, it comes back to Sam being unpredictable. Like, he's like, I really don't know what's going on here. We don't know enough. And I'm scared. Like, I don't know who you're becoming. And also tied into the fact that Sam's, like, been holding things back from him and outwardly lying to him, I think just really has solidified that he's like, it's almost like I don't actually know who my brother is. I think it also does not help Dean's case at all that he is not very good about expressing his emotions. No. Because he very, like, the way he it comes out of his mouth, I think feels more attacky than what he was actually going for. Yeah. I, I think when he's, like, talking to Sam, what, what he's meaning, what he's trying to say underneath it all is, we don't know enough about what's happening yeah we don't know enough about what the consequences of using these powers will be Mm -hmm. and i am concerned because i have 
an outside factor warning me against what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But what comes out of his mouth is your powers freak me out. Yeah. I don't know what's happening to you. And I've been told I'll need to stop you again. If I didn't know you, I'd want to hunt you. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Like it's, you know how we talk about Dean being like a walking, talking pop culture reference? Yeah. It's, and like also like him using humor as a defense mechanism. It's like he's being snarky because he's scared. And like, you're right. I think it doesn't come across like exactly in the way that he intends because he's, he's going into defense mode because he's scared. And so he's making like, snarky one-liners and stuff which come across as like really like passive aggressive and like whatever when really it's just like i'm concerned and i don't know what's going on and but obviously that's not what sam's hearing sam's hearing him being snarky and passive aggressive so like sam's reaction being like this is why i didn't tell you honestly like i completely understand yeah because i also would not want to tell someone something if i knew that their reaction was going to be like like dean's is like snarky and passive aggressive you know but also i think it just it really does come down to, like, what Dean means is not what Dean's saying. And yeah. he doesn't understand how to say what he means. Yeah. Or rather, he does, but he... He's too scared to, or he's... It's just not the way that they talk, yeah. you know? And I think that comes down to, like, a lot of, like, issues with, like, toxic masculinity and, like, this yeah. idea that men aren't really taught how to express themselves properly in that sense. But also, on a slightly different note, I do have one more question for you. So at the end, never ends well for me. I'm sorry. At the end of the episode, Sam makes a point of like he's like, do you know what? This whole experience really like sort of like opened my eyes a little bit because his whole thing was like, I believe that Jack will not give in to this. I believe that Jack will not, and like I think that he sort of unintentionally tied a lot of himself into that. Like if Jack can like not give in to this, then yeah. I cannot give in to this kind of thing, and sort of seeing himself reflected that way. And the fact that he saw that when push came to shove, Jack couldn't resist it and that he did take that, like, final bite and, like, sort of seal his fate, I think that Sam's, like, gone, okay, well, this has been an eye-opening experience for me. I've decided I'm actually going to take a step back from the powers. You know what? You're right. Like, it is a bit of a slippery slope. I think, you know, the angels are saying, no, I think I'm going to take a step back. Yeah. And and choose that, you know? And it's, like, him sort of regaining some of that bodily autonomy because he makes the point that he's like, I'm not choosing this because you told me and I'm not choosing this because of anything the angels have said. I am choosing this for myself. It is my decision about my life. I think it'll be interesting to see the way Ruby reacts to the news. This is what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, A, do you think Sam's actually going to stick to that? And B, how do we think his relationship with Ruby is going to be impacted by that decision? Okay, so A... Absolutely not. It's, it doesn't make any plot sense. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's about the fucking drama. I doubt that he's going to have, like, he may cut it out significantly, but I don't think he's going to have the clean break that he thinks in his head. Okay. I think at this point, they have established that he's already started down that path. Mm-hmm. And, like, you get to a certain point on some paths and you just can't turn back. Yeah. He hit the fork in the road and he chose his direction. Yes. Yeah. And he can't he can't turn around and head back to the fork and choose again. Yeah. Like, the bridge burned down. The bridge burned down. It is over. And B, I don't know how Ruby's going to react because Ruby's one of those ones where I haven't really gotten a solid read on what her actual motivations are. Yeah. So I think I can't make like a guess one way whether she's going to – because he, I think no matter – how she reacts, it's going to be very telling about what her actual motivations are. Yeah. I think we might actually finally get some 
solid answers for what her motivations are as a result of that. Okay, cool. Because if her whole purpose is, I want Sam to embrace his power so he becomes leader of hell, mm-hmm. I don't know if she's going to be able to hide her disappointment that he's decided to step back from his powers. Cool. But if she genuinely is doing it because she likes Sam and because she is trying to help, help, I think it will... Cool. So you think learning Ruby's reaction is going to like solidify for you like yes. her actual more genuine motivations? Yes. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, I had a new theory. Oh, oh, okay. So I've started being more proactive because I realized what was happening was because I understand this is how the show was originally designed to be consumed, but because I watch <laughs> it on a week-by-week basis, like I see one episode a week, Yeah. I forget half of the information. So I've started <laughs> keeping notes in a different... Oh, so you're tracking your theories. I'm going to start tracking my theories and the evidence I've been given so I can actually remember oh. and not forget shit between... Because, like, here's the thing. For a little, like, behind-the-scenes, like, production standpoint... Oh, move the curtain for a move moment. Move the curtain for a moment. We've just released uh, 304 Sin City. Which <laughs> had an, a reaction that I was hoping for and one Jamie was not expecting. <laughs> because I floated, like... Four different theories in that episode. And like half jokingly. Half jokingly. But also I didn't remember saying any of that. So like <laughs> all throughout, like the second half of season three, I don't know any of the I don't remember any of the shit I said in Sin City. So I'm not like tracking any of them for my own brain. Yeah. And like I understand that Beth tracks some of my theories just so that she can call back on them when they come to fruition, mm-hmm. if they come to fruition, or if they come like Or if it's like funny enough for me to be like, remember when you said this thing? Well the actual exact opposite is true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So I know Beth keeps like at least track of the significant things. That if you say I... anything insane, I'll never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> but she keeps track of some of them, but I don't have that. So on a week to week basis for building evidence up. So you're I... you're forming like a case file? Yeah. You're going to have, like, a board with red string on it and you're going to look crazed? Yeah. I love that for but you. But it's, like, a, a notes app on my phone. Okay. Well, <laughs> I still love that and I do think you should translate it to a pin board with string. So your theory. I decided to go back through to gather all of my evidence up from my notes. So, so that I have... unlocks Detective Jamie. The reaction to 304 meant that I've said something that I should probably think more seriously about. Yeah. And I know... That's why I wasn't going to let you re-listen to that You episode. didn't want me to re-listen to it. <laughs> So I, I decided to go back and not revisit all of our episodes or any of the episodes of Actual Supernatural, but just, like, reread some of my notes and try and work out, like, yeah. what pieces of evidence do I actually have mm-hmm. and what could that tell me about where they're going in the future? Okay. So I can actually sort of, like, not have a bunch of, like, joking theories, but have, like, maybe one evolving theory that's actually semi-serious. Okay. So that's sort of where my head's at with this, and that's why I'm bringing it up. Will we also, because I do love them, still get your batshit insane? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay, please, because I was going to say, but please don't disregard But this is just so that them. it's They're easier for me to track week by week. Where you're actually at. Where I'm actually at, and also what evidence I've gotten so I stop forgetting shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm a forgetful bitch and I scrub <laughs> my brain of Supernatural every week after the episode. Amazing. Okay. So I have like a whole bunch of evidence. I want to I wanna say something now for the record. Okay. So that if it does come to pass, I have it on the record okay. that I said it at this point. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I. Your face is concerned. I, right well, I, my, can, I'm going to hide my face. <laughs> 
No, I'm not. I'm just I'm just gonna close my eyes and let this wash over me. That's a lot of build up for like and it's probably gonna be very underwhelming. I'll I'll probably laugh a lot. I usually laugh when you say things. It's usually very entertaining. Okay. So I know that last episode they established that Mary was targeted because of her spunk or whatever. Like <laughs> That's a horrible way to phrase it, but yes. Yeah, Azazel liked her from the get-go, essentially. Okay. Let me rephrase that so you have a take for the podcast that isn't that. Um, okay, so I know last episode we established that essentially Azazel chose Mary because of her audacity. Yeah, okay. <laughs> for her absolute girl power. Yes, because she really just exudes, like, gatekeep girl boss gaslight. Basically, she was just, like, a very eligible young female hunter. Yeah. And, like, that's everything that he wanted in yeah. the potential parents for his special children. So I think that – I don't know if Azazel knew it or not, but maybe he did know and, like, the Winchesters or whatever or the Campbells or whatever, that specific bloodline. Yeah. What if they had already been chosen by God? What if none of this is a coincidence? And whether Azazel sort of knew it or not, I think it would be very fun if, like, I don't know, the fucking Winchester family heritage line thing, still assuming a whole bunch of stuff (laughs) and just filling in the gaps. Yeah, we love it. But what if it's beyond just her attitude? What if, like, because he does say about, like, the genetics and that and, like, prime breeding stock and all that big yikesy stuff that yeah, he says. Yeah, he's treating her essentially like a show dog for breeding. Yes. Yeah. What if beyond that, that sort of, like, that family, that... The Campbells. The Campbells and the Winchesters yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. What if they are destined for something more? Like, they've already been chosen by God. They're destined for something more. What if Azazel specifically targeted Mary? Yeah. Thinking that you know, they're predestined to save the world or whatever. Like, there's a prophecy or some fucking shit that mentions the Winchesters by name. Sure, okay. Right? So Azazel infects Sam thinking, maybe maybe it's like a vague prophecy. Maybe it's like fucking, you know, you know those prophecies that are like, oh, this dude's either going to save the world or he's going to end it. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, like, based on this prophecy, they've targeted Sam, yeah, thinking that by contaminating Sam with demon blood, they're going to sway the result. They're going to sway the result. It's going to end the world. Like oh. this, like prophesized chosen bloodline. This this specialist boys <laughs> to go further. The reason that not just beyond the timing of it all, and like you know, maybe his financing finally fucking come through. <laughs> Maybe one of the reasons why it didn't matter if they had an older sibling was because he assumed the younger sibling would kill the older sibling anyway. And then I also thought, okay, well, if we're talking about the Winchesters being special and the Winchesters being chosen, yeah. what if after Mary made the first deal, yeah, she then went and tried to nullify it in some way? Oh, so you think there's a deal to cancel a deal? Yeah. So what if, like... We know for a fact that Dean still had a no welching, no oh, trying caveat. to get out of caveat. There is no caveat like that for Mary's deal. Mm. So the fact that they felt the need to put that caveat into Dean's deal suggests to me that perhaps in there's case a it way runs in the family. <laughs> perhaps there's a way to try and get out of a deal. Perhaps it is difficult but possible. Interesting. So what if it adds to this whole, like, specialist boy thing? That's how we get this dichotomy of, like, 
Dean has pretty, pretty, pretty explicitly been chosen by an angel, been chosen by God for okay. resurrection. Yeah. What if it's all baked into this concept of Mary managed to save her first child but not her second? Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So it's kind of coming back to, like, we joked like a little while ago about like rumple still skin. Yeah. So but like a similar sort of thing. So you think so she made a deal to save Dean, but then she didn't have like a chance to make a second deal to save yeah. Sam kind of thing? Or like maybe the caveat of saving Dean was that it curses her second child? Like that kind of Yeah. Okay, okay. Like I'm just thinking maybe sort of vaguely she called upon some sort of angelic intervention mm-hmm. to try and get out of the deal. And that's why it's Sam and not Dean. I don't know if it's like, I don't think she would have explicitly made a deal of like, I want to say my first child, but the second child, I don't give a fucking shit. <laughs> like, I don't think that's like what it was. I think yeah. it's just like, because if that was the case, she just probably wouldn't have had a second child. Like, you so know, there's like, got to be some reason. There's got to be some reason after the fact, but like, and that would tie into her saying like, you know, angels are watching over you to Dean. Dean and yeah. all of that sort of stuff as yeah. well. Okay. I'm glad that you are going to be doing it this way from this point on. I and starting to willingly put shit on the record. I think that's fucking iconic. I also love that you chose to tell me while we were recording and not give me any warning. Um, oh, not yet. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very excited to know that you're going to be tracking your own theories because what's really fun about that is... I don't know which tr- theories have yeah, to be tracked. You've, you've so got I'm a lot just of threads sort of, yeah. to play with, and so you're sort of picking them to see which yeah. one you think might actually be more or less correct. But because my, my main issue was I just – I was forgetting all of the evidence. Mm-hmm. Every, all of the puzzle pieces that I'd, like, either put together or, like, jammed to fit together, <laughs> I was forgetting them. Like, it's it's like I was – like, I was building a puzzle, okay? I've got, I've got a puzzle. Yeah. The puzzle's still missing pieces. I'm getting, like, a new piece or two every, every couple week. of weeks. Yeah. Like, my issue was, sometimes I just pick up a piece. I wouldn't know where it went. I'd walk away with a piece, look at the piece, just trying to work out where this fucking piece fits. <laughs> I'd put the piece down somewhere, and then I'd never think about it again. <laughs> you go and back so to your puzzle. <laughs> I go back to my puzzle, and, I'm like, I just forget that I, like... Took that piece piece out to, like, examine over there. Yeah. And I left it over there. I just forget that piece completely existed. Yeah. Or, like, sometimes I'd put, like, a couple of pieces together. I'd be like, oh, I've got to look at this chunk, like, more closely, work out if there's anything else that I need, like, any Mm -hmm. pieces missing here. And then I'd just toss it in the bin. (laughs) (laughs) Because they didn't fit together. Okay. But do you understand what, like... I absolutely understand. Does the analogy work? The analogy is beautiful. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you are going to be tracking it yourself because it makes it fun because obviously, like, I'm tracking it in within my own head mm. and, like, remember... And you're tracking the relevant shit. Yeah, so Like, it's... all of the irrelevant stuff I say is irrelevant, so you're not bothering tracking it. Like, yeah. you're not going to track fucking our uh, angels, tricksters, like, tricksters, angels, like... yeah. But I, I haven't finished going through all my notes and getting all the evidence, so it will probably develop from here. I think I'm actually leaning more towards Mary tried to do something to nullify the deal. Okay. And that's why the Winchesters are unique and special. Sure. Versus the Winchesters were... Predetermined by God. Predetermined by God. Okay. I do think it'd be very funny if there was, like, a prophecy that's, like, one's going to save the world, the other's going to end it. And so, like, the angel's, like, putting all their money on D and, like... <laughs> Please, dear God, stop Sam from ending the world. And all the demons are putting their money on Sam. Like, please, dear God, end the world. Sorry, please, dear Lucifer, end the world. So I'm really interested to see how your, like, actual solid theory develops alongside your normal crack 
the one thing that I I don't admit to wanting to know a lot about Supernatural, but I will admit I really want to know how making the deal to get into the house is important because I don't understand why this demon couldn't just break in and bleed in their mouth. Like, why does he need permission? Like, what is it inherently about permission that's important? This particular point I don't think they ever actually give us, which I know is so disappointing for you. This is not something that ever gets addressed. She's full on head and hands. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? The one thing I want to fucking know about Supernatural and they're not going to tell me. Like, I guess, I guess it's still, he's asking permission, I guess, to like take their kids or like possess their kids. I get, I don't know. It's, yeah. But he doesn't. It's a bit messy. Actually, like he's a, look, consent is important. Yes. Obviously. That was literally my guess at the PSA today. But like, he doesn't actually need it. He's a demon. He doesn't actually need it. Like, he could just do what he wants. Yeah, exactly. Like, there is nothing to stop him from breaking into a house and bleeding in a baby's mouth. Like, yeah, sure, that is a bit fucking weird. I'm what, I'm trying to figure out if I'm forgetting something. Like, am I forgetting a key and piece of information that actually makes the deal necessary? Because you make a good point. We don't have a reason why he no. actually has to make any deals at all. at all. No. Wait a minute. Is that Lilith also a character in terms of, like, the biblical story of Adam and Eve. Are you thinking of this because of First Kill? Because yeah. I also made that connection when I was watching First Kill. I was like, I was oh, like, damn, Lilith. <laughs> yes, Lilith is also, I think, part of the Bible story somehow. Yeah. I'm not actually that familiar with it. but no. And considering I know they bring in, like, Cain as in, like, Cain and Abel later on. Yes, they do. It wouldn't be too far out of left field to do something like this. Maybe. Instead of being directed from Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. They're descended from Adam and Lilith. Oh. And that's why these specific families were chosen. And that's what they're looking at. Okay. Cool. And then maybe there's not Mary many and that's why. So like one of, one, like either the Campbells or the Winchesters are yeah. descended from either Lilith or Adam? Is that the? Yeah. Or like they're. they're or their progeny. Yeah. They're, they're descended some way other than the standard, I don't know, Bible canon. Like Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> But no, maybe, like, you know, the general population is descended from, like, Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe they're descended from, like, Lilith or something, which would be really fucking interesting with the whole Lilith plotline. Yeah, Especially okay. if it is the Lilith. You reckon that's why Lilith hates Sam so much? Because he's, like, an illegitimate love child? Maybe. Because, like, you've got to assume there's a reason that we're following the Winchesters. Like... Okay, yeah. Because there are a lot of psychic children. Yeah, that's a good So point. what's different about, about Sam. Sam and Dean... That means that, like, we're focusing on them and not anyone else. Not, like, Andy or Andy, Ava, Ava or Lily or, yeah. So, what if, like, they're descended from, like, I don't know, a fucking archangel or something? Like, yeah. instead of being, like, the standard descendants of, like, Adam and Eve or whatever. Okay, so like, we're going, like, way back to creation. We're going way back to creation and it's, like, the stars have all aligned, the correct people have boinked each other to create... <laughs> To create Mary and John, and they're, they're, Mary and John are the two special little blorbos. <laughs> and then they're boinked and made two more special little blorbos. <laughs> and then Azazel's being like, oh, hey, look, if I corrupt one, mm-hmm. I can probably corrupt both of them. And then they're not going to do what they were destined to do because they're special little blorbos descended from special little blorbos. Okay. So, okay. And then with the side of he needed the deal with Mary... Because they were descended from special little bulbos. Okay. 
So there's like an extra layer of genetic protection. Yeah, there's an extra layer of genetic protection. Okay. And that's why he needed permission. And then he was just making like regular ass deals with everyone else. Okay. So at this point in the series, we 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 know that the apocalypse is like yeah. nigh, essentially. Like we've got that from the yeah. plot. Context. Yes. They've specifically told us <laughs> yeah. in the dialogue. So it's hard to ignore. So I just want to like get it. It's clear. hard to ignore, just fucking watch me, mate. <laughs> so so you think essentially Demons are like you said before, like putting their money on Sam and the angels putting their money on Dean. And so essentially like the angels are obviously like attempting to prevent the apocalypse and the demons are trying to instigate it. Though I still think it would be more interesting for it to be like the the opposite way around. And like the demons just want to maintain the status quo because they love the way this shit is fucking going. Like going back to even Sin City and like the fact that it was so easy to corrupt an entire town. Yeah. And they make a point of it in that discussion that Dean has with the demon. Maybe they want to keep the status quo and the angels are like, oh no, this is like a failed experiment. Like, we gotta pull the fucking plug. Like, yeah. They're like, mm, this petri dish got too hectic. And then just like yeeted it. Yeah. Yeeted it into the trash can. Like, I do think that would be inherently more interesting. I don't think that's what they're gonna do, but. Because it's inherently more interesting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else? that you had thought of that you wanted to touch on, or I think we really need to wrap this up. Oh, yeah, we do. We 100% do. But I did have some fun thoughts, and I wanted to share them with you. No, I love it when you have fun thoughts, and I adore it when you share them. So maybe let's round out this episode the same way we started it. We've both got a couple of points left, so if you want to just rapid fire, take turns, swap between. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long one. Let's, like, power through these last few so we can eat lunch. Yeah. (laughs) I love that Dean learned what long pig was and then immediately used it later, like him using his little word of and the, the day. And absolutely, like, fucking clueless. He has yeah. no goddamn idea. Like, I think he's... it's so funny. He's like, I learned a new word and I'm going to use it. And I think it's very fun. I just want to say that I was very disappointed when they were like, oh, he's becoming something else. I wanted him to become a butterfly. I want butterfly people. Because I think that'd be horrifying. I was going to say, what, they like, go into a chrysalis and fully liquefy and then come back as a wing? That would be a Sarah Gamble episode because it's winged people. It is. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, come on. No, that was my point. My oh, that, was your, point. that was your entire point. I wanted butterfly people. They're like, they're, he's changing. I'm like, butterfly people. I am going to pop a note that the name Travis is in fact the name that I have assigned to my car. So this whole episode, every time they said Travis, I was confused. The only context I know the name Travis in is when people are referring to my car. I know. Look, my car's named Betty and that just makes me think of fucking Riverdale. <laughs> Oh, the fucking bones cracking. Oh mm. my god, when his like skeleton was like rearranging, it was horrifying. I thought it was really well done. But also I was like, why is this man not going to a, do- a doctor? Like fucking surely this man is like, something's up. I should probably speak to a health professional. Like damn. Yeah, like that is concerning. Yeah, like I know I've heard some some horror stories about the American healthcare system, but surely if your skeleton is literally rearranging itself inside you and you have the urge to eat a kilo of fucking raw minced meat you should maybe maybe go to your doctor you know okay new point but slightly related why was the rearranging spine necessary like he doesn't change form at all yeah i don't know i think it was just for the drama i don't know maybe it's just to like illustrate the like internal changes that are happening in like a horrific kind of visual and also audio experience because I, I'm the kind of person who I'm like always cracking my joints. You probably, it probably comes up in the podcast because we can't always edit it out because I'm an idiot and I do it while I'm talking. But uh, even this was a bit much for me. <laughs> oh, fucking Sam. Mm-hmm. 
Sam taking the phone call from Travis while him and Dean are in the middle of this absolute, like, Dean has just punched him in the face. He's thrown a lamp across the room. They're having a massive argument about this whole thing. Sam's just gone through a massive betrayal. And Dean is, like, reeling from that reveal. And Sam's like, oh, my phone's ringing. I think I'll take that. Like, no, Sam. You call him back. You don't pick up the fucking phone. Do you know how mad I would be if I was actively having an argument with someone and they took a fucking phone call? I don't understand why it was even necessary for Travis to call them in the first place. I think maybe they just needed a narrative thing to break up the fight. And they needed a reason for them to, like... But Travis, I mean, he did clearly need their help. But, like, he said that he's killed one of these things before. Like, why would he... Unless maybe he had backup. Oh my God, maybe his backup was John last time. You know, maybe this is one of those times where John was like, all right, kids, hang out in a hotel room for three weeks. Maybe that's how Dean knows about not eating. Big guy. <laughs> okay, moving on. The lighting in this episode sent me all the way back to like dead in the water. Yeah. Like the, the, the filter. The filter. The first half especially was really bad for it. I'm like, oh, this is like. I forgot what it was like when the world was gray and blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my last note is when we've just had Jack, who's been watching this woman get changed through the window, and he, like, learns to resist the urge, and he leaves, and then Sam and Dean bust into the apartment, break the door down, and they're like, we're here to save you! I Very guess. dramatic for absolutely no and reason. And then she, like, freaks out, I'm calling the police! And they're like, we should go. Yep, and Dean closing the door behind him. I just think it's, like, obviously that poor woman, but... I- Especially because we've established they never close the door any other fucking time. <laughs> exactly. I just thought it was funny. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Okay, well, that's all my points. That's I, all my points. Perfect. Lovely. Amazing. Jamie. What an episode. This is going to be a shit show. <laughs> we were doing really well in the first half. Yeah, then like, we got had the- us in the first half, not gone live. So, Jamie, that brings us to the end of our episode, which means it's time for your rating. How would you rate this episode out of five? Look, I'm going to give it... A two and a half out of five. Really? Yeah. It's the lowest rating I've given in a while. Yeah. For me, it's just a very mediocre episode. I understand that they went heavy-handed on the parallels for, like, a reason. But also, I really hate when they go too heavy-handed on the parallels. Yeah, you've talked about that before. Like, Like, something wicked, it was also an issue you had. It's, like, normally I can ignore, like, plot convenience. But, like, this was very much, like, plot, 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 convenience, convenience, convenience. You are watching Supernatural. It's, like, they were rubbing in your face how, like, how many parallels. Yeah. Like, from the fucking having to burn to death thing. Yeah. And also, I don't know, like, there was no cast this up and, like, I kind of missed him. Right? Like, doesn't he, doesn't it feel like an empty space? Yes. It's like, (laughs) we've just come off of three episodes. Where he has, like, five minute cameos in each. And now all of a sudden it's like, where is my Blorbo? Exactly. Like, (laughs) he's not my Blorbo yet. I haven't gotten enough personality to be, like, fully, like, yes, you are my Blorbo. But, like, also, it just, it felt like. Empty. Yeah. It was like. Where is Cass? Like, I I was just waiting for him to do his, like, dramatic, like, Five five minutes from the end. I need you to do this or... Or oh, expect him to be at the very start after yeah. he'd immediately like, just spoken to Dean in the motel. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And he was just not there. It's like... Yeah. I he, know. It felt like he should be there. That never ends. It just always feels like that from this point on. <laughs> this is why the cast cast exists. <laughs> because every episode without him from Lazarus Rising onwards feels empty. And then, like, seasons one to three is like that fucking Carly Rae Jepsen song. It's like, before I met you, I missed you so bad. <laughs> yeah. Literally, she wrote that song about Castiel Supernatural. Didn't you know? <laughs> so the next episode is called Monster Movie. Do mm-hmm. you have any thoughts, feelings, predictions, fears, hopes, dreams? Ooh. Look, I don't have any actual predictions. So I'm just going to tell you what I want it to be. Okay. 
I want it to be like they're stuck in like a 1960s thrasher movie. Ooh. Like slasher movie, like monsters in the woods, people are getting gruesomely murdered. Okay. Like I want them to like really commit to that sort of bit. Wait, I so want, you want them to be literally stuck in a movie or you want no, it to be like a I want them to episode? Pull the, like pull the storyline from like a 1960s thrasher movie but oh, make it an episode of Supernatural. That's fun. I know they're not going to do, like, the giant blob monster, but, like, I want a giant blob monster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, more realistically, if they did something like that, I think it's more likely to be, like, one of the more timeless monsters. Like, but, like Dracula? Like, like something like Surely classic. they're not going to do another vampire. <laughs> <laughs> they're almost extinct. No, I okay, don't think. more than, like, what, like, Frankenstein's monster? Like... Yeah, like, like Frankenstein or, like, a werewolf or, like, Yeah, okay. Like, one of the more traditional classic monsters that mm-hmm. has appeared a lot in the last 60, 70-odd years. So that just about does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed. If you wanted to chat to us at all beyond listening to us blab on for hours at a time, you can always find us on any of our socials. We are always chronically online. The link is in the description below. And if you wanted to chat to us, some topics for conversation include... Any all caps lock messages about how I'm now keeping an evidence-based organisation system (laughs) and just how brilliant all of my theories were. And alternately, if they don't come true, how much better it would have been and more satisfying if this is what they did with it. (laughs) Or you could always chat to us about the difference between Sam and Dean's perspectives on Sam's superpowers. Other favourite big yikes moments beyond Dean knowing what it's like to be so hungry because he hasn't eaten in like four days. Yeah. We could talk about uh, different lamp casualties. Mm. There are a few to discuss over the season. Ooh, most 2005 special effects. Ooh, that one's just ever-present. Ever-present. <laughs> the lighting. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, and hopefully we have you back next week. Bye. Bye.